Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. Hello, everyone. Courtney and I are back today with another episode for you. In today's episode, we're talking about managing expectations, navigating a season of waiting, and letting go of control. So I hope you guys are ready for this one. We're really excited, but let's take a minute to catch up. Courtney, how are you? I'm good. Good. Too much Trader Joe's ice cream. Hey, that's that's never, well, I guess it can be a bad thing, but heck, I love ice cream. Yeah, I'm vain of this. Oh, I should have got it. We should we ran out of time because you should have been here for like eight months, but that's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking um, of managing expectations, Courtney and I had expectations to do work while I was there and we did no work. So that's good. We didn't do any work. We just had to let go of uh, the expectation that we were going to do work because it did not happen. It was like, I think work would have probably been too much mm-hmm. because I hadn't seen you in over a year. And then eight days like sounds... Trevor and I were like, oh, eight days sounds like a great amount of time. And then you were here and you were gone. And I was like, eight days already happened. I know. It goes by so fast. And I was actually like, I didn't want to tell you because you left. Like, I didn't want to, like, be a vibe killer. But when you left, I was just like, I was, like, looking in the in the guest room at your bed. And I was just like, <sighs> I'm sad. I'm sad she's gone. No, I know. It's always sad when we hang out and then we have to de- depart one another. Because we do have that long distance friendship, so we don't get to see each other all the time, but we still communicate and keep in touch, which is good. Yeah, plus the cats told me, they were like, where's my auntie? They slept in here in your bed for like an extra week, and I was like, why are you guys, I need you guys to sleep with me, what are you doing? (laughs) It's funny, because they didn't want to sleep with me while I was there, but they did chill with me like when I was sitting on the couch or whatever. They're very cuddly. They're the best. (laughs) But yeah, so that was pretty much, and then I've been traveling a lot, so it's Mm -hmm. been very sporadic, and I'm hoping that in November, we start to get more consistent again, and episodes will start going out, because I do realize that we have been all over the place and scatterbrained, but Mm -hmm. sometimes that's the season that you're in. You're in a season where things are scattered, and things are all over the place, and you can't really organize yourself well. Yeah. That's how it's been feeling. We had like, we went to Montana and then we came home, we worked and then we went to Dallas for a wedding and then we worked and then you came and then we worked while you were here and then you left and then we worked and then we went to Del Rio for another wedding that we were in, which was both of the weddings were exhausting because we basically like came home after working all night and didn't sleep and then drove like three or four hours one way mm-hmm. and then immediately everyone's like social and then by the time we get back from that it's like almost time to work again and we're so- yeah Honestly, no. having you here and just being at home was so nice I probably would have collapsed internally <laughs> I did a bunch of stuff I know yeah and like for me I had gone to a wedding well actually no I went to Florida to go visit my cousin, came back, was in a wedding, went to that wedding. Then after that, I ended up going to visit you. Right after that, 
I was back for like a week and then I was off to Sedona, which I just came back from in the day. You were in after, another wedding. Yeah. The day after I got back from Sedona was a baby shower that I had to go to. And also my bag, my luggage didn't end up making it home with me. So that was a little frustrating. They lost your bag or like they found it? It was because we almost missed the connecting flight. So because it was so late, they put our luggage on the flight after. So it, it got there late. So they ended up delivering it the next day, which was nice. But and now next week, next Thursday, I go to Florida to Disney for Halloween and Universal Studios for Horror Nights. That's going to be cool. Visiting my dad and I'm also going with my mom and also going to be seeing my brother for the first time in like over a year. And I'm seeing my dad for the first time since my wedding in April. Wait, you haven't seen your dad since your wedding? Yeah, since April 2020. Yeah, it's been a while. So it'll be nice. Oh, so when you and Josh went to Florida, you went, that's right, you went to visit his Oh, yeah, that was before my other trip to Florida. Yeah. I went to Key West to visit his brother. Yeah. So I've just been like on the go. So um, it's been really hard for me to keep up with consistency because of that. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I don't know if you feel this way, but I notice a difference to like eating out all the time and then not feeling the greatest. But then like, I'm sorry, I can't. Why am I yawning? I don't know. And then when I cook like home cooked food a bunch, it's like I eat it like once or twice. And then I'm like, eh. I don't want it. I would like to order Honestly, it. And I'm like, it's a vicious cycle. I love eating out. I love eating at restaurants. I feel like the variety, there's more for me. I don't have to cook it. And my body or is- Or clean it. Yeah, exactly. And my body's not very sensitive to foods. I mean, eh, sometimes, but for the most part, it does completely fine eating out. And I know that's not great energetically, but for me- I need the variety. Like I get so sick of the same thing. And when I'm at home, because one, I hate cooking. It's not that I don't know how, it's that I truly just don't want to. No, you're like standing for long periods of time and you're like chopping Mm. and you're cooking it and then you have to clean up after it. And like, there's funny memes online that are like, yeah, it took me three hours to cook this and three three seconds to eat it. Now it's four hours cleaning it. That's always what Josh's mom says um, on Thanksgiving. My gosh. Yeah, I don't blame her for saying that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you're going to start hosting Thanksgiving soon, right? And I'm like, nope, I'm not because I don't cook. So <laughs> maybe if you have um, little kids that are like, mommy, where's my turkey? You're like, it's at your grandma's house. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, once I have kids, I think that'll it will <laughs> change and I'll feel more motivated to want to cook. But right now I'm just cooking for myself because Josh is always working at night. Mm-hmm. That's so- also hard because the quantities are always off. Even cooking yeah. for the two of us, like the quantity is off. It's hard. So anyway, that's our little tangent about yeah. cooking and where we've kind of been and why things have felt maybe a little bit sporadic. Yeah, sporadic. Yeah, the last episode we, we did together was when you were here. Yeah, and that was like two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, here we are again. So today we're talking about managing expectations, navigating a season of waiting and letting go of control. So let's start with the whole managing expectations, right? And so I saw this one quote, and I think it's really powerful. It says, be open to things working out different than you expected. There is more than one way to get to where you're going. Hmm. I feel like, I feel like control totally bleeds into like, having expectations because I think 
if you have control regulation issues too, which gets to like one of our other points later, but that's why you have expectations and like your inability to like let go of the reins, at least for me for a long time, it was like the expectations like basically told me in my mind, like how things were turning out or how things were going. So if things didn't meet my expectations, then things weren't going according to plan which means I wasn't in control, which means everything was terrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 100% agreed. It is a reflection of, you know, needing to be in control. And so some signs that, you know, you may be having expectations that are draining you, I would say would be one, like you were talking about, you're uncomfortable with like surprises or sudden changes and you struggle to adapt to them. That's like the whole control thing. Two, you become very pessimistic. And most of the time you're just expecting things to the worst to happen. Yeah, like your incomplete outlook becomes bleak. I feel like Mm -hmm. Trump has been struggling with that because also like we put expectations on ourselves to perform a certain way Mm -hmm. of our life. So he was basically explaining to me, it's like, I've got expectations on how to perform as like a son, a husband, a nurse, a grad student, like all these things. And if I'm not performing well in all of them, then my outlook becomes why bother at any of them because I'm not doing a good job and nothing is worth anything and it's all pointless. And that right there is a clear sign that he has too high of expectations of himself and that Mm -hmm. needs to be managed. Yeah. Like we were going to go out to eat and he woke up. He was a little funky yesterday and he wanted me to get my sunglasses because it was bright outside. I was like, let me just worry about myself. You do your own thing. And he got all upset and was like, forget it. Let's not go because you don't like me telling you what to do. And I was like, okay, well, then we won't go. That's fine. And he's like, now I feel guilty. Like I'm a bad husband. And I was like, you're not a bad husband because you don't want to do something. I'm like, you need to give yourself the permission. And I think we all need to do this to check in with ourselves. And if you ask yourself if your expectations are unrealistic and ask yourself, are you emotionally and physically drained by the expectations that you have? Mm -hmm. And learning that, you know, you may be all these different types of people and you have to show up as these things for, you know, for your life. But sometimes it's going to be like 20% work, 70% personal life or 70% of yourself needs to go to work and 20% needs to go to your personal life. And that's okay. You can't literally be everywhere all the time doing everything. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, it's also important because if you're starting to snap on people like that, that's also a real, like a realization that you're burning yourself out. Because Mm -hmm. being snappy because you didn't want to like get your, your sunglasses or whatever, And then being like, oh, that's it. Let's not go at all. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was almost like an excuse he was looking for to say that he didn't actually want to go or that he didn't have the capacity to go. So he used that as somewhat of an excuse. Yeah, I would totally agree. Because he didn't sleep like the two days prior that we were actually off Mm -hmm. for three and a half. He kept telling me, I'm not really sleeping. Yeah. And so... But then when we got out on the motorcycle and we got cheeseburgers and rode the motorcycle around and hung out in some sunlight for a little while, he's like, I feel much better. I'm glad that I went. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I think too, sometimes I think it's also like a self-worth thing. If we, 
we set high expectations for ourselves and we don't want to let the other person down, we kind of find ways to make it about they're the problem as to why I let them down. And it's not me that let them down. It was like what they did was why I ended up letting them down in the moment. So like, for example, you not wanting your sunglasses in that moment was like, okay, I can blame it on her. So it doesn't reflect on me not wanting to go kind of thing. Yeah. And I've seen aspects of myself do it where like, I didn't notice, especially now that I'm a little bit older and more just like giving myself permission to sleep when I'm tired or rest if I don't feel like doing something. And without like shame or guilt, I noticed certain things that I did when I was younger where I I snapped on people and stuff like that. And it was all related to not even like doing a personal check-in and even realizing like, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm overwhelmed. One of the biggest things I recognize as I get older is when I'm anxious, I get angry. And I get angry at the people around me and it's not even them or anything they did. It's just my anxiety comes out as anger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that right there is just a clear indication that you are stretching yourself too thin. When like anger comes out, that's like, all right, it's time to do an emotional well-being check-in because expectations can definitely influence our emotional well-being. Setting too high of expectations, that's what causes the stress, the worry, the anxiety, the the perfectionism, and I need to be perfect. I need to met, I need to meet all of these like expectations in order to be worthy, which I think is also something we have to realize too, is that we don't have to meet anybody's expectations in order to be worthy. Everybody's going to have different expectations. And I think that's where the struggle comes in because- mm-hmm. You're Our trying to match everyone's expectations. And yeah. They're all different and you don't even know what they are. No, everybody's even expectations. Socially. Yeah, everybody's expectations are based on their own life experiences. That's kind of what morphs them. But I do believe that we have boundaries, right? So like you can have a boundary, but... I like the way you say that. Yeah, you know, you can have a boundary, but you have to communicate it. Otherwise, how are people going to know that you have that boundary? Yes. So a perfect example that I love that I, I told you that I talked to my therapist about, and this is why I told her that you're you're my best friend, is like the some of the like language you were using, I felt was like not intentionally bad at all, but I, I feel like it was like self-limiting to me. And to me, it puts me in this mindset where then I start to believe that I'm self-limiting. And I I just like politely asked you to like change your vocabulary. And you were literally immediately like, okay, not a problem. I totally get it. And not everyone is going to meet you like that too. But so sometimes, you know, boundary setting is really uncomfortable, which is something I'm talking to my therapist about. (laughs) I don't like that uncomfortability scenario. Because I feel like the old you who wasn't going to therapy might've like not said anything and then maybe been passive aggressive towards me because you were mad at me, but you never communicated it. Yeah. Or even been able to, because I because for so long growing up, I wasn't able to have feelings. It was taught to me, like your feelings don't matter. So you don't have them. I didn't know how I felt for a long time. So my inability to really know how I felt would just come out as passive aggressive anger, because I didn't know what I needed. So Mm -hmm. as I'm getting older, and as you use tools like therapy, or even friends like you who have been on this journey for a long time, it will open your eyes to ways that if you were invalidated a lot growing up, 
you can start to validate yourself. So in those situations, you're not having dysfunctional interactions. You're actually saying, you know what? I actually feel like this is what I need. Do you think that you could meet me at this end? at this point and the right I feel like the right people in your life will be like oh my god yeah I totally get it I'm down yeah Yeah, exactly unless you of course are setting some wicked high unachievable expectation in your relationship which can also happen so it's it's kind of like you have to figure out like a healthy balance between what is reasonable and what might be too high for somebody to meet Mm -hmm. not every friend I I have could do the things like meet me where you do Mm -hmm. Yeah, not everybody has capacity for that. And I think that's where like compromising comes in. But what I think is really important to realize, and I actually wrote some of these down, let me just find it. Okay, so like figuring out are your expectations in relationships too high? Or is the relationship no longer serving you? Mm -hmm. Finding like the difference between that? Or I feel like, are you? Are you doing that today? Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. That's for sure. And this is this is the few ways that you can figure it out is one, is there a consistent pattern of conflict? Bingo. That is the first indication that maybe it's not your expectations are too high, but maybe the relationship just is no longer serving you. Like if you have communicated, that's the one thing you have to ask yourself. Have I communicated and set boundaries before in the past? Have I yeah, like mentioned to the person that I might be conflicting with, have I mentioned to them what I need from them or have I set my boundary? And then time and time again, they keep not being able to meet it or they keep letting you down or they keep overstepping your boundary. That's a signifying basically that that relationship probably is no longer serving you because they're clearly not able to meet or respect your boundary. And then also is the relationship affecting your personal growth and your happiness. Because at the end of the day, if you have a relationship in your life and it's not serving you at all, it's not bringing you any value, you don't feel happy about it, and it's not helping you grow, that's only holding you back, then what good is it doing for you? I can actually think of like how, I mean, it it applies to every type of relationship, but like specifically just my own personal experience thinking about romantic relationships that Mm. I've been in that situation where I'm like I'm not growing it's actually like if anything holding me back like emotionally mentally physically and that's and that's kind of how you can determine if you're setting too high of expectations or if you're just in a relationship that's kind of not good for you is your emotional well-being how's your physical health because sometimes our body will give us signs that we're not in a good place. Whether it's like you're in a relationship and all of a sudden you find yourself constantly getting sick. I feel like that might even be your body telling you like, mm, you're not really fulfilled uh, fulfilled right now. And there's probably something you have to address. But that's also, I guess, on a spiritual. Also, you're like, um, one thing I noticed being around different groups of friends is my ability I don't know if I'm saying this in real words my ability to like relax Mm. so if I'm around yeah like my ability for like my cortisol levels to like go down which is like your stress hormone and my ability to like relax around people so people I'm like not fully comfortable with or haven't spent you know enough time really getting to know them I notice like I'm not super comfortable 
And it's not even like a, I'm in my head, like having intrusive thoughts. It's really just, I think like an animal instinct. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got, like trust your gut instinct. Yeah. Versus like being around you. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people will make you feel safe and other people will make you feel like you have to be on edge or walking on eggshells. I was, yeah. And yeah. Oh, what, what what will I say now that like they're going to throw on my face later that doesn't even mean anything kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, the reality of it is it's not anybody's job to meet our expectations and it's not our job to meet other people's expectations. But at the end of the day, if you care about the relationship, you make it work and you try to meet each other. Like mm-hmm. even if it's halfway. Yeah, you at least start with the communication part. Yes especially if it means something to you and and I think there's also a point where you could ask yourself just like that that first sign was saying you know ask yourself have I communicated appropriately with this person do they hear me and do they care to communicate back with me Mm -hmm. about their things yeah and if the answer to all of those is no then I would say maybe reevaluate that relationship being a part of your life Mm -hmm. especially if the relationship makes you feel like you're not appreciated not valued that's literally what I did with my mom yeah yeah exactly and all the answers were no yeah so you set that boundary yeah it was honestly one of the hardest boundaries of my life to set I believe it but at the same time it wasn't because she literally didn't talk to me like she didn't put in any effort to have anything to do with me so I was just like It almost felt like nothing really changed. Yeah, for me, nothing changed because she wasn't trying to talk to me or be a part of my life Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. So I was like, I was more of acting as an adult at that point, but that's a whole side rant. But basically, sometimes my basic point is that sometimes you make those boundaries and then your long-term goal is to still repair those relationships, but that doesn't mean that setting the boundaries are easy. No, yeah. Maintaining them are, they can be really hard. It can be, it can feel really hard setting boundaries too. Like maybe you have a parent in your life who has expectations of you. Like, oh, I want you to be That's a doctor. A good one. You know what I mean? If like, you're not a lawyer or a doctor, you're a failure. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's not your job to live up to your parents' expectations of you or whatever role they want to put you in. Fulfill their dreams that they never did or whatever it may be. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, when it comes to expectations, there are so many different ways that this can go from setting expectations for yourself, setting expectations for other people, setting expectations or managing expectations that other people have of you, what you're expected to fulfill as a mother, what you're expected to fill as a daughter. Like you were talking about. It's even hard because like at baseline, if you work a job, I feel like if you work any type of like job where you don't work for yourself, you have to like have the person who's managing you directly or overseeing you has to actually be really mature. Like someone who's actually a manager or something of or a supervisor or something of that nature really needs to be mature and in touch with emotional intelligence because there are expectations, unfortunately, that are set upon us in, you know, working outside of the home and working for someone else and if you don't understand what they are you can lose your job and not even understand why Mm -hmm. like Trevor's mom I'm sure has experienced that because she's worked for some really high-end car companies won't mention who they are but they really didn't have any good any communication with her and then they're like well you know you're not managing your team appropriately and she's like well I've been telling you for months what I need and it's falling on deaf ears 
Yeah, exactly. There's only so much you can do. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely hard when you're dealing with people of authority, people who have control over your resources, for example, a job, your pay. How do you feel like it is managing your own expectations of yourself as an entrepreneur? I would say that I've definitely had hard days because like I said, a whole reason, and this kind of goes into the control thing, but the whole reason why I really wanted to work for myself was because I don't do well with people trying to tell me what to do or manage me. So I like to have control over my schedule, over my time, over my pay, all of that. Like I want the control and freedom over that. And so I have set expectations for myself and I have let myself down many times. There's so many times where I've made a schedule for me to follow and I don't, like I don't follow it. But what I've realized is that in order for me as a creative, I can't be rigid with my routine and my schedule. Otherwise I get blocked. I need the spontaneity. And so keep your creative flow. Yeah. And so what I know now is I'm able to set realistic expectations for myself and not let myself down because I know what I need now. And it took a little bit to figure that out. But I also have to say, like, if people are upset about like my scheduling or like how I create content and how I put out content in the spontaneity, spontaneity of it, like that's not on me to really take that as like, I'm a shitty entrepreneur or whatever it is. I don't even like to call myself an entrepreneur. I feel like you are. Like a shitty content creator, I guess, or something like that. Content creators, I feel like are entrepreneurs. You started a business, you saw like a need and you started a business. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's just such an, a nasty undertone to the word entrepreneur because there's really, yeah. Like a lot of people will hear that somebody's an entrepreneur and roll their eyes. Like, yeah. I feel like there's a negative. I see what you're saying. Like, people just assume, oh, yeah, what do you really do? Yeah, for exactly. Yeah. Which, again, that's other people's perceptions and expectations or whatever they have of what an entrepreneur is. But essentially, when what I like to just call myself, like, I'm a creative content creator, I guess. I don't know. Do you ever have difficult moments? Like, the ones that I was sharing before were like, you ever you ever like get in your head about feeling guilty about not meeting your own expectations of like who you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to be doing and then like you ever struggle with self-loathing or is that just me no it's definitely not just you that's for sure I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate I used to self-loathe a lot and it was when I was on a path that was not fulfilling like when I was a server I would self-loathe all the time. I would say, oh my gosh, am I going to just be a server the rest of my life? This is awful. I can't get out of this. I'm so like, I'm not smart. I'm uneducated. I didn't finish college. How am I ever going to be successful? I'm going to be broke forever. I would beat myself up over my career choice, which to anybody who is a server right now, like I'm not saying that's a bad career choice or whatever. But what I'm saying is that like in the moment- It wasn't right for you. It wasn't right for me. And it felt very dead end because I wasn't able to pay my bills the way that I wanted to. I didn't have financial freedom and I attached my worth to my finances at the time. Like, Mm. oh, I don't have much money. So therefore I'm- It's so hard not to. Yeah, it really is, you know? So back then, I think that's another thing too. When you're not in alignment with what your soul is calling you to do, it's really easy to self-loathe and beat yourself up because you're really just, it's kind of like an indication that you're unfulfilled in a sense. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're not worthy or that you're a bad person or that you're doing things wrong. It just kind of means like, all right, let's unpack why you feel this way and what is the root of it. 
I would say too, like for for me, it's also unpacking well, we talk about this all the time, but childhood trauma Mm -hmm. of those initial times in my life where the most significant people who should support you made me feel like I wasn't worthy Mm -hmm. in some way. And then I internalized that. And then when, when I feel like I'm not meeting my own expectations, I literally project that back onto myself again. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're not meeting this expectation. That's because you're not worthy. Yeah. Exactly. Which is not true, which yeah. is not true, and it's totally irrational. And I can sit here and tell you that I know that that's irrational. Um, but that's one of the reasons why I don't. I used to drink more regularly, and I I stopped drinking on more like a regular basis because that's where I would go. Yeah, to the dark place, and I was dark, like, if I keep drinking, it, it it's gonna go to a place with like suicidal ideation because it yeah. was getting that bad. Yeah, exactly. And I'm proud of you for recognizing that because some people can't recognize that, and they do end up in a very dark, dark place because emotions are so powerful. Our inner dialogue is so powerful; it can be so destructive and scary. Which is also why I always say like one of when you're feeling that way, one of the most important things to do is to seek support and to seek out help and guidance from, you know, professionals who are licensed therapists and all that. Hey, you know, okay, but I'm not okay. It kind of this kind of leads me to what I wanted to talk about next, which is, you know, what to do when you your expectations are aren't met, and you're let down, whether it be So first, let's talk about when our own expectations aren't met, like when we feel like we let ourselves down. I think you just got to like, you got to ask yourself, did I not meet my expectations because like I purposely didn't do it or do that personal check in of like, am I hungry? Am I tired? Are all my basic needs met basically? Mm -hmm. If they're not met, then you honestly, I I think that I'm learning that you got to give yourself a pass. Mm-hmm. You got to give yourself a pass. You got to redirect. You got to focus on meeting your own basic needs and then do another check in. Am I ready to go back to doing something that needs my attention and focus? And and not with like a mindset of like an expectation of when to finish or how it should look, but just kind of m- moving away from that. Like, I don't even like the word expectation. I think it's kind of dirty now. Right. And I think it's so important to acknowledge the fact that you're disappointed because it is okay to be disappointed. Like it's mm-hmm. a natural emotion that people we are going to just feel. talk about this concept. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's okay to, like we were talking about before, we don't have to be on 24 seven, like trying to be the big person, like you mentioned before we jumped yeah. on this. Yeah. Um, like you don't have to be the high road person all the time. Sometimes you're in petty girl energy or petty, yeah, sometimes petty person energy, and that's okay. <laughs> Yeah. And the best thing to do in that moment is grab a journal and write out how you really feel, you know, let it go. But you need to be able to allow yourself to feel that. Otherwise you store it and it becomes like a physical manifestation. Yeah. Also, I think it's important that you kind of reflect in that moment. So once you acknowledge that you're disappointed and it's okay to be disappointed, now reflect and be like, okay, what was the expectation that I set for myself? And was it realistic? Reflect on past experiences. Has this happened before? Is this just an unrealistic expectation that I have that I'm not able to meet in this season of my life and that's okay? And having self-compassion when, you know, you realize that's an expectation that you can't meet without putting yourself down for not being able to meet it. I don't know if I like expectations anymore. (laughs) I mean, it's hard because like the logical side of my brain, right? Like the 
what I would consider my, this is my consideration. Some people, you know, you can have a different outlook and that's fine. What I would consider the tomboy part of my brain is like, okay, well then like, how do you determine, like what bar do you determine like success or completing something or a timeline or like how you want something to turn out if you don't have expectations. But I think there's other ways that you can manage your outlook Mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is, this is what my ideal, this is my ideal. Perfect. How this is going to turn out, how it's going to go. And then say, but if everything doesn't look that way, I'm okay. I've told my husband, I said, despite everything else that's going on, you're still safe. Your home is still your home. Your body is okay. Your heart is okay. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And just remind yourself of that in those really hard times too, when even you're spiraling with self-talk, like I'm okay. My body's okay. I'm healthy. Everything will turn out how it does. And just having, I think you've helped with like, you know, like all of the astrology and everything and just realizing that the universe has a plan and, or God, if you believe in God, which is totally fine. Um, but just knowing that there's some type of power, higher power out there that doesn't necessarily like unknowingly predict your life completely, but has some type of bigger plan for you and, mm-hmm. and that everything is going to work out in a specific way. That's what I always like to say. I like to say we're co-creating, right? So the universe, God has a big bird's eye view of your life and it knows co-creating yeah it knows like which path it's going to be the best for you so when things don't go out the way that you want it's not because you're not meant for it but it's because there's a different path the universe that god sees for you that is better and it's just trying to redirect you to that path that's how i like to think of it and it it's hard nonetheless there's still days where i'm like this is so unfair and like why can't this just turn out the way i want it to which kind of ties into the whole like season of waiting for me, but we'll get to that in a minute because before um, I just want to also mention how to cope with relationship expectation disappointments and what to do when you're let down hmm. in your relationship, Yeah, which I've been experiencing a lot of, I feel like lately, but that's, I that's so all much of that. I had like so much of that with my mom and it was like, I just think that it's sad because now that she's gone, but I think I just had so much of this. Like I, I, I felt like I knew what I needed. Ultimately, I feel like I knew what I needed. I just didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I definitely didn't know how to communicate it to her. And then at the same time, I could see other people on TV or in real life, their mom giving them what I needed and I could see it in the universe and I didn't understand why it wasn't presenting itself to me either yeah and And then yeah and then it just like became this snowball effect where like my expectations were just like repeatedly not met and I was repeatedly disappointed and lied to and manipulated and it became a point where like I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is when you have somebody in your life who continuously lets you down after you have been communicating to them what you need, that right there is just a clear sign that it's time to set those boundaries and realize that it's not worth 
the continuous disappointment and letdown when somebody is not willing to meet you at least halfway when you communicate your needs or your expectations or your boundaries. It becomes this unhealthy situation, like I said, where you get to a place emotionally where you're exhausted by the situation. And then every time you're interacting with that person, you have all these, not even resentment feelings, but just feelings, which you're entitled to have. But because it's not a relationship that's functional with communication, you're emotionally so drained, which Mm -hmm. is what you were talking about. And and asking yourself, like, is this even, like, I'm, I'm hurting more in this situation than I would be if the situation was gone. Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, not just, like, with that, but also with relationships in general, I think it's really easy to chase after the potential of a person. You have to see people for who they are and not for the potential of who they could be. Because That's a profound statement. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to be so disappointed every time if you, you hold into their potential. People do that all the time, you know? You know why? Fucking movies. Mm. Movies have this repetitive storyline of like, oh, this is a womanizing type of guy. And, you know, this one magical woman's going to come along and like change his whole life. And he's going to realize her value and change who he is for her because they're in love. And it's like, how many people do you know in real life that that actually worked out for them? Doesn't happen. Which is why it's so important to like be realistic when watching movies, when comparing yourself to relationships that are portrayed on social media and all these things. It's so easy to play the comparison game. Have a sense of consciousness about like the fact that it is a scripted movie. Exactly. And it's meant to really tug on the heartstrings and get that emotion going. And I mean, heck, like, is it possible to have something like that? Probably. I mean, sure. Why not? If two people are willing to put in the work and effort, but is it always going to be like that? No. Realistically, no. Yeah. Emotions. Statistically, no. Yeah, exactly. And emotions (laughs) are involved in egos and all these things. So yeah, I mean, and also what I like to do is I like to use relationships as like a way to learn about myself, because I feel like I learn a lot about myself through relationships with others. And I always say this, that relationships with people in your life is really just a reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself and a reflection of you know, maybe parts of you that you have yet to explore. So if I get let down and triggered in a relationship, I really also have to ask myself like, okay, why did this bother me so much? Unpack that. Because sometimes I think for me, what I've always struggled with was rejection wounds. So when I feel rejected by somebody that I'm, whether it's a romantic relationship or friendship or, you know, a familiar, um, familiar, (laughs) a family connection, like relationship, whatever. Yeah. You were going Italian there for a second. Yeah, it's I fine. Know, right? Whatever <laughs> it may be, it's like, all right, l- like, let me stop and unpack why this situation is bothering me so much, why this relationship in my life is triggering me so much, because there's probably some healing as well that I need to do, which is why I'm attracting this relationship to kind of reflect back that wound that needs to be addressed. Mm, and that's even powerful, not just for relationships, but for um experiences too because I I know like I'll come to you and be like this happened and it made me feel icky and you're like well why do you think it made you feel that way the problem is having the bravery to look at it Mm -hmm. and ask yourself what is this showing me Mm -hmm. and 
what do I need to work on? Because Trevor and I were talking about this the other day. It's the healing part that sucks. Everyone thinks that that's going to be like the part where you're like happy and full and laughing and full of energy. And it's actually like the dark part where you're like crying and sleeping a lot and and like looking at everything in your life and being like, oh my God, I don't even know who I am because these things were actually forced on me. And then, you know, it's when you come out the other side that you're like, oh yeah, actually I'm good now. Exactly. It's so true. And so from all of that, with the expectations, and we think about letting go now, right? Because it's like, well, how do I just let go of a relationship? Or how do I know when it's time to let go of a certain situation? I think a lot of it, you have to do that, that mental health check in, like, how do you feel emotionally? Yeah, you have to at least do the emotional check in. I think that's like, step one. Exactly. I think too, and this kind of ties into control. So if we want to kind of tie this into control as well, trying to figure out and recognizing when it's time to let go of control is if you're feeling really restricted, because I've noticed this, and this goes along with the season of waiting, right? Because we were going to talk about certain ways that control issues manifest in our life. And right now, something that I'm dealing with, like many of you who have been listening know is learning how to trust the process of my fertility journey and the struggles I've been having to conceive. I'm still struggling and learning how to let go of control. And what I realize is I definitely need to do more of it is because I do feel restrictive. And what I mean by that is like, uh, when I want to plan something, instantly my mind goes, well, should you plan that? Because what if you get pregnant? Then it will like mess with the plan. That's the restriction being reflected. It's like you're limiting your present life based Mm -hmm. on the potential of future opportunity. Exactly. And that's like, you have to live in the present moment as well. And that's how you let go of control and you surrender to the process instead of trying to manage the outcome. I agree. Because that's like me thinking about, and I mean, I, 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 I subconsciously realize I'm doing this, but I don't consciously realize I'm doing it Trevor's like you realize every time you meet like a career or a life milestone you're like you're okay for like a short while and then you're unhappy and then you're focusing on the next one Mm -hmm. it's like you're living in the future constantly yeah it's and it's so hard to live in the present but it's so necessary because that's what causes the stress the anxiety the health issues is like not living in the present moment and really stressing the future the other thing that's huge thing, which is something I was telling Trev and then I heard his dad tell him it, that you and I think I, I could definitely be there for you more and do it for you. But and I don't mind at all is remembering and re- reminding each other that like all of the things that we have now we've been working towards our whole life. Mm-hmm. And they were our desires and they were the sole things that we were focused on for so long. And it's almost like the universe is like telling both of us, like flicking us in the forehead, like, hey, dummy, I gave you what you needed and you're not even That's appreciating ex- it. Do you remember like- the post I shared on Facebook a while back? That's exactly what I said. It's like, you're living out what you were once praying for. It's called, yeah. it's learning gratitude. And that's what I feel like with when it comes to control and letting go and surrendering a lot of the times and even like dealing with a season of waiting, it's like, stop focusing on what you're lacking And start focusing on what you do have and appreciate it more. And that's something I have to work on because it's so easy 
for me to focus on what I'm lacking, especially with social media, right? Because oh my god, Ooh. it's always reflecting back to you what you feel like you don't have. I know. Instead of internalizing that and taking things so personally, it's like, why do I like why is this stressing me? I mean, everybody around me is pregnant. So that's a reflection right there. Like, oh, they have what you don't. It's very triggering, but in the moment to switch my perspective, I have to say, okay, you know what? I'm actually grateful for the freedom I have right now. Yeah, that's true. Cause in this in this very unique situation that you're in, you have the freedom to do all these things, like traveling a bunch and having all these new, really awesome, what I would say I'm even like a little bit dare I say like jealous about like your experiences you had in Arizona and you know if you were pregnant or had a baby already like who's to say that like you wouldn't be able to do those things and then like just take it one step further and think of think of things in like an even more universal way those things may be impacting you so significantly that you wouldn't be the same person when you do have a child because you didn't have those experiences mm-hmm. that are actually shaping who you are yeah. for that time when you become a parent. I think that's a huge, important, powerful thing to do is to shift from lack to gratitude. And that's something I've been needing to work on a lot more because it's so easy for me to see all my friends getting pregnant and You know, even like the YouTubers I watch are announcing their pregnancies. It's like all over the freaking place. And it's just the universe really testing me to be like, okay, even though you're seeing this in your reality, how are you going to respond to this? And that's really all about working on how we respond to things because that's what we have control over. We don't have control over if somebody else gets pregnant. We don't have control over that, but we do have control over how you respond to somebody else getting pregnant. Is it going to be a negative response or is it going to be a more positive response? And are you allowed to be upset? Yes. Yes. Allowing yourself like on bad days to be upset. Yes. But don't get stuck in it. Don't get stuck in it. And it's so easy to get stuck in it. And that's when the gratitude comes in like, okay, you know what? I am so grateful for that person to be able to experience that. That just is showing me that I'm one step closer to experiencing it myself. And I'm still grateful for the freedom I have, for the time that I have with my husband without a child right now. Let's just be grateful for the house that I have, all different things. It's it's really about changing your perspective. And that's it's a little bit how to like how I've been dealing with the season of waiting. But if we were going that's honestly the best way to look at it. <laughs> how else like how else are you supposed to, you know? Yeah. And having that healthy balance of giving yourself the space to have days where you're grieving about how you feel and days where you're okay. Mm -hmm. And just trusting, like you said before, trusting in the higher plan, because again, you had your palm read, you're supposed to have three kids. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The palm reading told me I was going to have three kids. So we'll see if that ends up happening. And I always told you, I thought you were going to have at least four. I I said my intuition told me you were going to adopt at least one. Yeah. And I, and deep down, I always saw myself as a mom of three. So when she told me that I instantly started crying because I was like, that's how many I want. I want three. You're insane. Three little babies running around. But what the last thing I kind of want to touch base on is control and control issues. So let's talk about certain ways that we've realized we have control issues. Mm, I already mentioned being anxious and then getting angry. So that's one. The concept of being exhausted, because like, 
I can't have dishes in the sink. I can't have cat fur in my house. I can't have the bed be unmade. I can't have laundry in the dryer. Like those types of things or like needing to be the smartest person or get making sure I get A's or making sure everything is like done perfectly in what my expectation of perfect is, is coming up as like anxious anxiety and anger and exhaustion. And as I get older, I'm just like, well, this isn't really worth it. So those dishes are just going to hang out overnight until I feel like doing them. Or I'm going to have laundry in my closet all week long that's not put away that's in the basket because I'm tired. And I would rather hang out and watch some TV and just kick it. And that's what I need. Yeah. I'll do the laundry. I think that's a great way to notice. Yeah, I think that's a great way to notice when control issues are becoming a problem when it's affecting your mental health, your rest, your peace. That's when you're like, all right, you know what? Maybe I need to let go just a little bit. I don't remember which book it was, but there was a book that I was listening to and Trev was talking about this, how he in his mind, and this is how I used to see things in my mind until I listened to said audio book that I need to look up. I'll look it up and mention it on the next podcast episode. But basically, it discusses concept of how our society and even like our previous generations convince us that our value is directly tied to our productivity. And if you're not producing, then you're slipping backwards and someone else is going to hurdle over you. Mm-hmm. There's been this constant narrative like that. Like even Jennifer Lopez still says it. Beyonce still says it. They're like, oh, I'm not the best at what I do. I just work harder than everyone else or I work longer than everyone else. And it's like, congratulations. But also like, that's, that's not not really something to, that's also not really something to applaud because you're not respecting your own physical bound, physical and mental and emotional boundaries just to gain something, just to prove something. It's that sense of proving. Yeah. I feel like that's what success and productivity comes from. It's like, it's almost like you're trying to prove something whether it be to yourself or to somebody else, but really that's like a self-worth wound. Even yourself, like you really have to get fucking brutally honest with yourself and say, am I trying to really prove something to myself or am I still just telling myself that I'm proving something to myself, but it's really for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like, am I trying to do this for, so that I look a certain way to everybody else? Like, mm-hmm. or is this something I really want and why do I want this? And is it a healthy want? That's 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 powerful and hard. For me, my control issues are, like I said, letting go of outcomes that I want for sure. Trying not to control the process and really trusting that things are going to happen when they're supposed to. And that if they go differently, it's okay. It's not a sign of like failure. It's just a sign of, you know, you can get to the same point in your life a different path than you expected and that's okay yeah. but, and not everybody's path is going to look the same like because that's something I struggled with when I didn't go to school and I was really like frustrated thinking that like I was not going to be successful because I didn't have a college degree the other one that we talked about that you mentioned too is your ability to let go and just like have fun and be present and not be worried about like everyone else and like if they're behaving or if they're operating with like within the confines of like being respectful and the rules and it's like Mm. if you do that all the time then you're never having fun because you're just like monitoring everyone else welcome to my saturn in the fifth house everybody that is it at its finest and that stems from again childhood when i used to have friends over and we would be in the basement 
and we would all be playing and we'd be really loud and my dad would like open the door and scream down there and yell at us for being too loud and he'd get mad at me and then also I had friends that got me in trouble a lot when I was a kid (laughs) a lot (laughs) like because they were loud and they were doing things that my parents didn't find respectful and then I would get blamed for it and so I would also get blamed for a lot of things that my brother did because I was the older sibling and I was supposed to know better and I was supposed to be the responsible mature one parents are like you're six and he's four you should know better exactly I'm still a fucking kid how do I know better yeah like smacked me once and told me doesn't mean I'm smarter than this four-year-old yeah so then when I'm trying to have fun with friends and we're at like a hotel for example and they're being too noisy or whatever and like the cops are gonna get called (laughs) I'm like we have to be quiet the cops are gonna get called I literally panic all the time uh both of us I noticed what if we start drinking all that goes out the window (laughs) I know yeah our control problems do that's true, which is not healthy either. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just because our inhibitions are like lowered. But oh god, it does make us funner. <laughs> true, true. Something else that I also struggle with too, when it comes to control, is letting other people take the lead. Yeah, like I have control issues when it comes to planning, when it comes to managing finances. It's almost oh, like god. I don't trust other people to do it, and I don't know where that stems from. So do I. I don't know if that's just because I was the older sibling and I was always the one taking care and being the leader and being the mature, responsible one in the eyes of my parents. I don't know. I really don't know. Because I do find that younger siblings have a somewhat of an easier time. Oh, you think so? No, I'm just kidding. Well, you're not the youngest. You're like the, you still had to take care of younger siblings. Yeah, that's true. I'm not the youngest, but I am younger. But like, for example, Josh is the youngest and he has no problem letting me manage the finances. <laughs> he has no problem letting me plan things. He's Theoretically, like, Trevor is the youngest for his parents, but he does have a younger sister who does have a, a different mother. And But he's the most financially responsible of all of his brothers, which is really interesting. Ooh. Yeah. That's a conundrum we can... <laughs> talk to Trevor about and see if we can find why because there's a thing called birth order and like it supposedly affects your affects you I watched a video on it how you find it you should send it to me I will there was a family of like I think 12 kids unpacking their birth order it's very interesting interesting but yeah, no, I mean, and that's just something I need to, I've realized I'm living a lot in my masculine energy and allowing my husband to live a lot in his feminine energy, which is, if you think about masculine versus feminine, it's just simply the fact that like when you're masculine energy, it's very much, you take action, you're the leader, you're taking control, feminine energy is more laid back. Yeah, go with the flow. Like I want to be able to do that, but I'm the one stopping myself and I'm not allowing him to live out more masculine energy not it's not like a male female thing is what I'm trying to get at it's yeah there's a um there's actually like a really interesting podcast clip if I can find it again I'll send it to you where it was basically talking about this concept of like when you grow up and I, I don't mean to say anything bad about your dad I'm gonna talk about my own experience and you can figure out how you how this works or aligns with you but if you grow up with a male figure 
in your life who doesn't exude a lot of like masculine alpha type energy, which is what you're saying, take charge on top of things, manages like certain aspects of their life with like very much assertive alpha type energy, it causes the females, and I feel like your mom did do this, to step up and fill that role. And so what that does as kids that we see, we also kind of step into that role of having to enter into this masculine alpha type energy. And then as we grow up, it's hard for us to adjust. Mm. And either you either go one of two ways. You either attract someone who is is that alpha energy that you always kind of wanted and needed to balance you so you could be more feminine if you wanted to be or you attract someone who's more feminine and you remain in that alpha energy because that's what you've known for so long 100 i totally relate to that because with my dad losing his job now he wasn't making money he was staying home all the time when he stayed home he did cook and clean but like that's very feminine type exactly and who was mowing the lawn my mom like not saying that's a a masculine thing but like that's how I always looked at it like I look at it as energy I don't look at it as like male female yeah exactly and I want people to realize that it's not a male female thing it's like an energy like does it exude masculine energy or feminine energy yeah and I know that sounds like male or female it doesn't matter the sex exactly person you can exude both Exactly. And everybody has both in them. Mm -hmm. Everybody has both in in them. It's it's what balance, it's figuring out as you go through life, what balance of female to masculine or masculine to female energy is within your vibrational capacity for masculine to feminine energy. Yeah. Yeah. Like what is your healthy balance? Exactly. And so now what I'm realizing, because my mom was always the one that took the charge and had to be the leader and had to, you know, pay all the bills and handle that. And my dad kind of like was like, my dad didn't like it, which is why he was the way he was, because he was depressed, frustrated, mm-hmm. mad that he couldn't. He wasn't balanced. Yeah, he was imbalanced. Exactly. And struggling with addiction on top of that and an injury. Now I'm realizing that it's not that my husband can't be that for me. It's that I'm not allowing him to be. Because Mm -hmm. I have too much control over everything because without it, I feel like it's almost like maybe I didn't trust my dad. Yeah, maybe because I have those trust issues with my dad as a child, seeing that he wasn't able to do it. I automatically like have this wired pattern in my brain that's like, oh, nobody can do it then. Like nobody can do it. Yeah. So that's something in order for me to start letting go, maybe I need to give him the opportunity to take on more responsibility and like plan like a trip for us or whatever and like let go a little bit and see what happens. Yeah, I think too, it's kind of, it's kind of cool, like experiencing like that release because sometimes too, like you, you see a new side of your partner that like lights them up. Like the first year that Trevor and I went camping, he was like, I don't want to go. We don't have the money, blah, blah, blah. And I planned the whole thing. And then the second year he's like, okay, we're going camping. I booked the campsite. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean you booked the campsite? What's happening? Who and are you? Like, all lit up by and he's like, we're going, cam- we're going. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm coming. 
Yeah, it's really like, and I'm sure people listening can probably relate. It's like, sometimes you just have to let go of control and let somebody else take the lead because otherwise it's exhausting. It's mm -hmm. exhausting to always be the one feeling like you have all the responsibilities on your back. It is, yeah. And that's even a boundary that you have to set, especially in like a relationship. You have to be like, and okay, communication. communicate it. Like, honestly, I feel burnt out and drained by all of the responsibilities. Can you please take on this responsibility? Can we like even this out a little bit? But yeah. that goes back to expectations. You can't just expect your partner to do that or to fulfill that role for you unless you communicate what it is you need. Exactly. Like when I went to, before I went to nursing school and- they kept telling us like how much work it was going to be and how much time we had to spend with schoolwork. I literally just like handed Trevor like all of our usernames and passwords and said, these are all of our utilities. These are all of our bills. This is when they're due. I can't manage it. Like mm -hmm. I can't do all of this like financial management while I'm in school. I have no capacity for it. And he, he had to pick that up. And mm -hmm. then now that we're both working, we kind of plan, we plan all of that together. But before he was kind of, he had, I did it before when he was in school. And then when I went to school, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, understandable. And just having the trust that your partner will be able to fulfill that task and communicating about it is just a beautiful thing. Yeah, it takes time. I think like people have to build that trust of like, it sounds lame, but I was watching like the 20 year reunion of Harry Potter and they were basically saying like some of the stunts that they did for real, like in their last two movies, most of the time actors don't even do them because they don't have a rapport that they've built with someone doing stunts for 10 years consecutively on, you know, a series of movies. They just do one movie and then they never, and they have that one movie, they bond a little bit and then they never see each other again, most likely. And so they had this unique opportunity to really do things and go places that other people don't get to because they build it. So I think with our friendship too, we've been friends for so long that we've been able to, I think, reach certain milestones or have certain trust or communication that other people don't get to have because they haven't been friends with anyone this long. Yeah. Trust really is so, so important in relationship. I'll fall on top of you right now if you want me to. <laughs> Trust fall. Trust fall. I'm just going to do that next time I see you. Trust fall. You're gonna... <laughs> well, I feel like this combo has gotten a little lengthy, so I think we might have to cut it off cut here. It. Call cut, director. Cut. <laughs> no, but honestly, I think it's just an indication that we were so eager to chat and come back and chat with you guys. So I'm so glad we were able to. Now I will be gone next week. So that puts another wrench in the plans for the well, next podcast episode. <laughs> but the week after, for sure, uh, another episode with Courtney and I will be back. You know what? Honestly, that works out perfectly because Trevor's dad's going to be here visiting next week. Oh, look at that. Perfect timing. Love it. Was meant to be. Meant to be. But guys, if you can please just like we love hearing from you guys, leave us a review. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, that'd be so, so helpful and so, so great. It really helps support our channel, our channel, our podcast. Our podcast. Also, anything you guys want us to talk about, because sometimes it's hard for us not to get repetitive because mm -hmm. we're passionate about a lot of the same things. So please let us know if there's something we haven't talked about. That yes, would. that you would love for us to talk about. We would love to chat and dive into it. All right. So until next time.